Welcome to episode of the Strap It Down Podcast. This is Suds. I'm here with my boys. I got the Schwab. I got Mush. We're talking White Sox baseball. Gentlemen, I got some energy today. Finally recording on a day that we get a victory. Not only do we get the victory, but we get the sweep in Detroit. We're going to start it with the recap of the past week. We had the Rangers swept Detroit. Schwabi, I'm going to pass it to you to kick us off. What do you got for me? Dude, I mean, they, the, the bats have come alive finally, right? It's uh, It's been a long time coming, and finally we're getting some hits. Yoan got, you know, kind of got hot this last series, and it's uh, it's been a big boost because clearly that left-handed presence in the plate was missing. So it's been nice to, nice to see that. You know, Jose's been acting a fool in the in the uh, in the dugout, which is good to see. And really, things are starting to finally go our way. Yoan, well, you need to tell me that Jose Abreu has a sense of urgency and personality. He's got a little fire. <laughs> Jose's probably been the only guy through thick and thin that has kept the energy up. I mean, that's why you got to love Jose. But I, I want to go back to one thing you said there, Schwabi. Yoan Mankata today. I think his final stat line five for six, five RBIs. If we get Yoan going, this is what we've been asking for. We've been harping on for the last three weeks, Yoan Mankata, Yasmani Grandal. Can I point something out real quick? Absolutely. All right. It's 86 degrees in Detroit. Remember when I said about the heat? Yoan only plays in 80 degrees or warmer. Isn't that when he gets cooking? Well, okay. So I think I think there's some truth to that. Yoan loves 90% of our roster. That that's how they're that's how they're wired. That's that's how they came up. I don't want to necessarily give them that out because I think the weather has been good the last month. But I I, I'll say we're heating up for sure. The weather's the weather's it's hottest it's been. Yoan Mankata went five for six today. Never mind that I think two of the hits were on position players. I, I was thinking about this earlier. I was watching the highlights from the game and. I loved it because yo, so I mean, he he just the first at bat today. He won us the game in the first at bat, which was just as a White Sox fan, what what more you can ask? Can you ask for that? That's what we've been waiting for. It just three zero lead in the first inning with two outs, just a, a a gut punch to the Tigers. But what I loved the most about Yoan today, in the eighth and the ninth innings. They had, I think they had Clemens, and then they brought in Cash or two position players, whatever. And Yo, <laughs> Yo was just taking his hits. He was like, you know, what? I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of the 0 and four, or 0 for fours. I'm sick of the 0 for fives. I'm gonna just rope a base hit. I'm gonna get my average up. Ends up the night five for six, and just carries the team to the to the best victory of the year, no doubt. Yeah, no, I mean it was it's, it's good to see, and it's one of those where you know when. You know, I know Tony got mad at Yerman last year for for swinging three uh, zero against the position player, but you know it's it's a day for the Sox for the day for the Sox bats to get healthy. Really, is <laughs> it's a funny comparison you make, Schwabi. Yermin last year. I mean, Tony was Tony happy about the win today, or was he upset that we poured it on a little bit with the extra couple of runs? But anyway, so. 
we sweep the Tigers, and, and I can't help but think, so we're doing the recap, and I can't help but think of what could have been this week. So last week, if you guys recall, when we were doing the outlook, we had the, we had the Rangers at home going to Detroit, and, and we were feeling pretty good about how we would come out of that. The weekend series against the Rangers was a little bit of a disaster, and, and we, we lose the series. We, we do win a game, but it's one of those what could have been. I, I think if we at least take the series and then we sweep Detroit, so we're coming out of there five of six instead of, I don't know, how do you guys feel? We end up winning four out of six, which is equivalent to back-to-back series wins, but I, I'm kind of I'm conflicted. I'm happy about the sweep, but I don't know how I feel completely about it. I mean, I think the the negative is that there were there were chances to win games in that Ranger series to win the series, right? So that's that's always the negative is that you had a chance to win a series and you didn't. Um, but again, you know, you t- you take the the sweep of the Tigers. They finally started to show some life with the bat, you know, doing what they're supposed to do against teams that aren't their caliber. Um, I think that's a positive you have to take from it. Mush, what what are you thinking about the performance this week against the Tigers? <clears throat> I think it's something to hang our head on. I am more worried about what lies ahead because with the schedule with Strohs and the Blue Jays coming up, you know, we're going to have to take five, I think it's like five or seven of those games. And then we have the Twins are playing uh, the Diamondbacks and then the Cleveland Indians. I think this next stretch is going to be pivotal to us making a run. It, it, huge stretch. Totally agree. It's going to, so we got, we're going to Houston and Houston's house of horrors for the White Sox last year. I think we got swept there during the regular season. I think it was a four game series. If I recall correctly, go to the playoffs, lose two games in Houston. And then even the year before, I don't know if we won a game in Houston. Um, well, in my eyes, sorry to interrupt you. No, we have good. the Blue Jays and the Astros, in my eyes, have the worst fields. Those those turf fields are like playing in ping pong oh, mats. The worst. The, you, we might as we, we might as well be playing in Miska Muska Field at, at in the Astros field. At, down the line, left field. Are you kidding me? It, it's like Yankee Stadium in a right field. It's an, you, you look at the you look at career stats of Jose Altuve. But we're going on a tangent here. But why do you think the guy's hitting forty bombs? Because he's hitting pop ups down the line in left field. It's an absolute joke. If Aloy played eighty one games in Houston, the guy would hit fifty bombs. But I digress. So we're talking Houston. You made a good point, Mush. Huge series, and Minnesota's schedule is very soft the next six games. Yeah, I think we just. I think we. That, yeah, we we gotta hang. I, I think we hang the next six games if we stay. I think we're five games back every time we talk. We're five games back. <laughs> it's like it, it varies from four to six. If we hang tough with the Astros and Blue Jays coming up here and we could stay within five games, then we're going to start cooking because I think this is the toughest remaining six-game stretch that the White Sox face in 2022. Yeah, I mean, you said they have a weak back end. Right, based on what they got, who they're supposed to be playing. Correct. Yeah, we have. So I, I saw some. I, I I saw a statistic that even and and this was even I think um, 
When we had two games back with the Dodgers, we had, even at that point, we had the most favorable remaining schedule in the MLB. And that was with two games with the best team in the league. So you wipe that out. And now if you get through this next stretch with the Astros and the Blue Jays, we're cruising from there on out. I think it's going to come down to we're going to have to make a move here in the next month, and we could dive into that in a little bit. But there's a lot of big names to throw out there, especially NL guys that would not mind making the journey across to the AL. Yeah, so, okay, so we'll, let's transition. Good point, Mush. Let's talk Let's talk front office here. We got too early – on office evaluation i think we're through about 60 to 65 games rick Hahn made a lot of moves in the offseason I-, I was gonna say some good some bad I-, I don't know how many are really that good <laughs> i think maybe more on the bad side schwabi why don't you kick us off here here's what we're gonna do let's list off all of the offseason moves that rick made and then We'll give a grade, and then at the end, I want an overall grade on what Rick has done so far. Well, if we want to just go with all of uh, all of Rick's decisions, I think we first have to go with decline to give Rodon the one-year $18.4 million qualifying offer. Piss that away with Keiko. Well, Keiko was already signed. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily blame him for Keiko, but okay, point taken. But how – so – you decline the qualifying offer, so that's one. All right, what what else do you got for me, Schwab? Kendall Graveman, three years, twenty four mil. We gave him three years, Kendall. Three for twenty four. Yep. Mush, how do you feel about the three year Graveman deal? I don't even know who the fuck the guy is. <laughs> I don't. I'd rather have. I mean, there's just a lot of other bets out there we could have signed. Kendall Graveman? You don't know who Kendall Graveman is? Have you been watching the White Sox this year? Come on. I'm being sarcastic here. Kendall Graveman's a nice guy. I've met him before. (laughs) We've had coffee a few times. Works out at Planet Fitness over on Wacker Drive. Oh, my God. So, so great. That's Carlos Rodon's money, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. I could pick three guys that, that are complete shit that have been a waste of time. That's Carlos Rodon's two years of his contract. It's funny that you're just saying all these things about the Graveman deal. That was the only that was the only deal of this offseason I was going to give a passing grade to. I, I was just going to give Graveman deal a B plus. Because that's how bad the fuck that's how bad Rodon's been. Is that what you're basically saying? Well, B plus. No, no, no. That's not the overall grade. That's the Kendall Graveman. Right. What I'm saying is, is like that's Rick Hahn's best move, and I think that's shit. I think it's yeah. I, well, that's fair. That's fair. Schwabi, what do you think? Uh, you know, I mean, again, they the with the way the bullpen is pitched, they clearly needed help. So, I mean, I think Graveman makes sense from that standpoint. But has he been everything you want? Uh, probably not. And I also think if you look at kind of some of the deals that went through, um on the free agent market for relievers, that was a, it was a pretty hefty sum you paid for a reliever, right? A, a non-closing reliever. So that's, that would be my, my critique of it, I guess. Yeah. It's a lot of money for uh, an eighth inning guy. 
which right. look at I what, hate. Look at what we have going on already. I mean, I, well, if I was playing Ken Griffey Jr. baseball, I'd, my pitching <laughs> staff would be stacked with with Hendricks, Kelly, Kimbrell, Bummer, Graveman. I know Kimbrell, what are you talking about? Kimbrell, that guy stinks. I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, big-name guys who have – could be a legit closer or have a great resume – I mean, you can't have – they're all certifiable, no doubt. You can't have them all in the, in the bullpen at the same time. Great. I mean, unless there was a – yeah, it wouldn't work out. But Great. So, Graveman, it was, a, it was a good deal. But you know what the problem with Graveman is? And it's not even it's not even a Graveman problem. It's a Tony problem. Is Tony, like, literally can only use the guy in the eighth and the ninth inning. He – like, it would blow his brain – to use Graveman, if if there was a sixth inning where we were up two, and the other team had second and third with one out, like he wouldn't even it, it wouldn't even cross Tony's mind that Graveman is the right option here, and that's what kills me, because it, it's almost like Rick makes these deals and he sets the team up with talent, and Tony's just like Graveman's an eighth inning guy, he's or he's closing. I I can't even dream a scenario where we'd come in otherwise. Because that goes back to the mentality of old school, new new school. And Tony's he's not creative enough. He doesn't want to step outside of his comfort zone to be crafty, like like someone like your boy over at uh, in Tampa Bay is elder. Kevin Cash mixing and matching his pitches. Oh yeah, Kevin Cash is the best. He's the best. Right. Let's league. start Graveman. Let him let him start the, every game. Then you know what I'm saying, like. Figure it out, but you have so much depth in the bullpen, and we're lucky Crochet went down. Like, not you know, not saying it's a good thing, but I, I can't wait to trade him too. It's gonna be fun. All right, all right. What do we got? We got we got a lot more. Schwabi, who's next? Lurie, three years. <laughs> Larry Garcia. All right, well, Mush, Mush. Why don't you grade this one for me? This this will be entertaining for me. <laughs> I've, here's the problem. I want to give him a lower than an F, and I forgot all the alphabet letters after F already. <laughs> no, I thought Mush was gonna. I thought Mush was gonna give Leary like a B after he gives Graveman a D minus. I'm in that like M and a P range. <laughs> all right, so Leary, just give me the details on the deal. You got the details on the deal. Three years? Yeah, it Three sucked. Years. Here's the deal. It sucked. No deal. There's no deal. What's the deal? It's no deal, as you like to say. What was it, Schwab? Three years, 16-5. Oh, my God. So you're, you're telling White Sox Nation we're stuck with Larry for another two and a half. It's the way it looks. Did All we right, just so find four years for Carlos Rodan, by the way? Right, <laughs> right in that conversation? So consensus, consensus F. F minus on the Leary deal. Is that I mean, what I'm I, I think I think it's a bad deal to begin with, and then you look at the White Sox minor leagues, and you've got Sosa, you got Sanchez, you've got uh, Rod- Jose Rodriguez. You, you just have so many guys who could take that role and do it. You know, at a, a very comparable cost or very, very comparable ability that would cost you know under a mil. And that's that's actually a great point, Schwabi, because the variable that that a lot of people and White Sox fans forget is that not only is he not performing, he's performing probably 
uh, one the the first percentile of the league. He literally might be the worst hitter in the league, but he's taking up the spot of like our highest producing minor leaguers. Which you have a Yobert Sanchez who's twenty five, who, who's being blocked. A Lennon Sosa out of nowhere, twenty two year old, and he's being blocked. So just all around, absolutely. And, and the point on the fact that you're paying these guys way less and you're you're not giving you're not giving Lennon Sosa and you're not giving Gilbert Sanchez. I think Gilbert Sanchez made a little money in the international market, but they're not making what Leary's making. And they're so replacement players. Lennon Sosa is actually the second son of Sammy Sosa, who <laughs> is the younger brother of Edmundal Sosa in uh <clears throat> St. Louis. That that's all of, false. Of who? No, it's not. Look it up. Of who? Who is the last person you said? Edmundo Sosa. Who the who's hell is on that? the Cardinals? And oh, that, oh right your now boy on Sosa. The yeah. Lanon Sosa are the sons of Samuel Sosa. Sammy. Oh my some, god. Right. Some random well, guy named Sosa? We're not we're not talking about Sammy Sosa on a White Sox podcast. Well, let's talk about the Cubs then, because they're getting kicked sixteen <laughs> to five right now. You mean the Flubs? Who's next, Schwabby? So we had Leary, we had Grayman, uh, we had the the declined qualifying offer on Carlos. Next, we have Joe Kelly for two years, seventeen million with a twenty twenty four year twenty twenty four option. Eight and a half mil for Kelly. Man, all right, all right, Mush. What do you got for me on Joe Kelly? Uh, he's like twenty cents short of a dollar, so I have proof. <laughs> I'm not Did sure. What that that he's twenty. He's twenty cents short of a dollar, so I have proof. What? Because he's he's <laughs> amazing. Because. He's got an edge to him, and he's he, he does have an edge. Yeah, that, when he plays, I don't even know when the last time he plays. He played. So he actually came back. He came back. He was activated on Tuesday. No, I'm saying prior to that. Yeah, he was out. When did he he's play out. last? Schwab, what, when did he get back? He was out for like three weeks. I thought. Right, he's played. I mean, he's pitched three, two or three times so far this year. All yeah, right, like so, my proof. He's got an edge. <laughs> so Mush approves because he's, he's the, the only deal Mush likes is, is the is the is the Joe Kelly one. I, I don't hate Joe Kelly. I mean, I, I just it's like for me, it's the misallocation of resources concept with Rick. It's Dude, like you're, he's so he's seven mil this year. He's nine mil next year, and then he's got a, an option for nine five in twenty twenty four. Who is it? A team option? Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to get defined. So, so it's a two-year deal. Club option includes a million-dollar buyout. Yeah, so Can he's you done. clarify something for me here? I, I don't understand how we go and get Graveman, we go and get Kelly. And I know I have mixed emotions about the both of them, but we have Bummer. We have Hendricks. I just, you know, Crochet wasn't hurt yet, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I like where you're heading with this. Like Raylo, we have Raylo in the bullpen. There's there's a lot of potential there, and I don't understand why we went out and just decided to like spend money where we really didn't need to spend money. Dude, Mush, that was I think that was one of the best points you've made on this podcast today because I share a lot of those similar feelings. Rick went out and 
he spent the most money on a, a position that wasn't a position of need when he declined the qualifying offer on Rodan for 18 mil. Like all the money that we've just talked about, and we're not even getting into more bad moves. Unless you but feel like the Rodan thing was, you know, a one-time deal. He's been hurt like three years prior to that. Maybe they just got bad juju, bad taste in their mouth, and they wanted to let him walk. But it's like, fine, then go out and get somebody who can carry his jockstrap and can bring the numbers that he brought last year. Yeah, and and they relied too much on what we had already. And it's hard to do that as a starting pitch. In starting pitching, I think Kopech is supposed to fill that role, which he's been doing an unbelievable job at. But I think at we should have went and got Manaya. I think that's where we messed yeah. up. Well, and Manaya, you would have had to trade for, but right, but there was some free agent starting pitching out there. It, but going back to your original point, Mush, of like, why did we spend all this money on the bullpen when we had a second baseman that we needed to fill, right fielder where we, I guess, we eventually did with Pollock, and then another starting pitcher? It's like, dude, Rick, what's the game plan here? I, I'm confused. Well, do you want to know how Rick tried to, to uh, fix starting pitching? No, please. I don't want to throw up in my mouth again. <laughs> Vince Velasquez, one year, three mil. Oh, all right. I like, I like the segue, Schwab. So Vince, okay. Vince gave us a couple innings today. It was also against the Tigers, which I'd rather have Mush up there than the <laughs> the Castro brothers. Um, I'd hope so. Who else for starting pitcher? Oh, Cueto. Cueto was actually like, that's why the Vince move was so bad because Cueto was out there and Cueto was like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but when I see Cueto pitch, I just feel so much more better than Vince when Vince is out there. Oh, Cueto's been significantly better than uh, than Vince this year. I, I mean, I don't think it's close. Cueto's been really good this year, quite frankly. Um, but he was, you know, uh, that's he was probably a, one of that is probably sorry to interrupt you. One of Rick's better moves. And I can tell you one thing. I say if if we are at a position where we have to put Cueto in a long relief role. To bring him in, you know, four, five, six, seven, four, five, six. Um, when August comes around, I think that means we're going to be in a great situation, and I think we should aim for that. So we need to find ourselves some free agents or some some uh, trade trade bait, man. I like that. I like that. All right, Schwabi. Um, who else you got? I think we're missing some moves. We're. If, uh, if I think we, 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 got, any, we, got, I we got we got two left. Really. Okay. All right. Uh, Josh. Harrelson, one year. Harrison, Harrison. Harrison, sorry, Josh Harrison. Don't you dare mix up Josh with Hawk. Yeah, Josh Harrison, Woody Harrelson? Yes, Woody's Woody's long-lost brother. One year, five and a half mil, 2023. You gave him five and a half. I thought it was four and a half. It was five and a half. Five and a half, 2023 option. I, I mean, do we need to talk about this one? Well, okay, hold on. I've got some... Disputing facts. I believe Josh is actually four mil. Uh, sorry, the option year is five and a half. But, this year's but is contract is four. Is, is there a buyout? That's one, and a half, one and a half buyout. Okay, so it's a, actually a six million dollar deal, right? If my math's right, if it's four, uh, four this year, five and five and a half to pay him next year to buy it out would be one and a half, so seven for next. I mean, you know, technically, yeah, it gets it gets a little yeah. little, little goofy. Run the math. Any way you run the math, it's a bad deal. I mean, this guy. 
Okay, can we? He actually had three hits today, which was like, I mean, who, who didn't have three hits? Mankata had five. But can we? We gotta get this guy off the team. I, I think Harrison's days are numbered. I think when Tim comes back, Harrison's the odd man out. All right, because you know who's not? You know who's the odd man in? Who? Do I even say it? Your Dan- boy Danny. Danny? Little Danny Mendez. <laughs> Hold on a second. Take it. All right, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm coming off the charts here. I'm taking us way off, off over the bridge here through the railroad tracks. Dude, Danny Mendix OBP is 321, slugging so percentage 442. And hold, let's go to his replacement. Who did he replace? Nikki Madrigal. Oh, I hate Madrigal. He died twice. Bad in the, bad in the beautiful 222. Yeah. So. Danny Mendick, I tweeted this from the account. When Tim comes back, Mendick's everyday started too, right? Uh, we, we've been talking about Yogurt. We've been talking about Lennon. But you get Mendick. Mendick, it's like when he comes to the plate now, the guy, it's like I have confidence the guy is going to give us a good at bat. Even when he's making outs, he's giving you a good at bat. You want to know why? Because that's a guy who is given every opportunity possible and he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's not going to stop. And those are the guys that represent the south side of Chicago. And those are the guys we need that are playing to fire up our fucking dugout. What's the Sorry, last one? We actually we have we have two more deals. Two more uh, deals. Both. Two two. Both both actually worked out pretty well for us. Uh the first one is Kimberl for Pollock. Okay. Straight up. But I'm gonna, you know, you know what I'm gonna do on this one? I'm gonna say I'm going to say it was Madrigal and Hoyer for Pollock, which I think we won still. I, I, I was not, I, I was, you know, we were talking about Mads a little bit. I think Hoyer, I mean, he got Tommy John. That was unpredictable, but I, I still think we won. Oh, Pollock, I think, has like six games in a row, two hits. The guy is finally picking it up. I, I mean, this is what we've finally been waiting for. No, Pollock has definitely been swinging a better bat uh, of late. I think he's going to be a guy who's going to factor in predominantly, hopefully in the middle of the order with Timmy coming back, um, you know, or possibly in, in, even into that top half. Um, but he's definitely swinging, swinging the hot bat right now, kind of producing as you as we expected and really proving his worth. What, all right, what's the last move, Schwab? Last deal. This is a big one. I hope you guys are all ready. This is mm. trading – Catcher Zach Collins to the Toronto Blue Jays for catcher Reese McGuire. <laughs> that was a good deal. That's a good deal. Zach, Zach Collins. Zach Collins was like batting cleanup at one point for that, the Blue Jays. The man had the hottest stretch hot. of his life. Oh man, I was freaking out. I'm like, what are we doing? If Zach Collins ended up like working out for the Blue Jays and like hitting cleanup for that team, it's like at that point you can't even blame Rick. You're just for that like, squad, that's fate. well. Okay, you actually forgot one move, Schwab. That I'm it, and Zach Collins may remind me of it. Luis Gonzalez. We uh, DFA'd. Luis was last year. They DFA'd. Was that last, last year? year? Yeah. Okay, so that's a move I don't blame Rick for because Luis Gonzalez, like you look at his minors number, and he, we. He got a cup of coffee for the White Sox. Like, what he's do-, do you guys remember me making the point when these guys go to Oakland and San Fran? It's like 
something's in the water. They, it's like they. It's the latest. Same with Tampa, man. They, 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 if they literally fill up a glass of water and Luis Gonzalez turns into freaking Jeff Kent, it's unbelievable. San Fran anyway. definitely is doing that now. But my my lasting memory of Luis Gonzalez will be the couple games he played last year in center, and like he had a ridiculously large glove. Uh, and he dropped he dropped like a fly ball, I believe. He did drop a fly ball, yeah. And everyone was like, his right, ridiculously get, large glove. Get, get this guy out of here. And next thing you know, he goes to San Fran, and he, the guy. I think yesterday he like gunned the guy out at home. He was, like rookie, absolute, he was rookie of the month after uh, for last that's month, I believe. Classic, that's so classic. All right, next segment. We're going around the horn. Mush, I'm going to start with you. One proposed trade, and let's get each other's reaction. What do you got for me? Well, I had two originally, so I'm going to pick the more exciting one because that's just how I roll. My man from Cincinnati. Luis Castillo coming to the White Sox. For, who, are we trading, who are we trading it from? <laughs> Yolbert Sanchez and Yoliki Cespedes. So you have Castillo for Cespedes and Yolbert Sanchez. Do you think the Reds would do that? Yeah. I also think I, I think a combination. If you threw Crochet in there, I think a combination of two of those three guys would do the job. Would 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 allow them to pull the trigger. Schwabi, what do you think? I mean, I think that's a you know, I think it's got potential. I think Cespedes. I think it kind of mirrors how people see Cespedes. Um, yeah, I think the Reds are definitely definitely sellers. So I think that's you know, I don't know. I think I think it. I think you're probably going to need to expand on that and throw in a couple more guys, but you know, they might be lower end, just kind of more flyer type than what are your, pieces. what are your thoughts about throwing in a Quino into that mix into a deal? Wait, nobody wants a Quino. I know you exactly know. my point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's the throw in, but what are we going to do with a Quino? I don't know. It's not, we're not, it's not the goal here. Like talking about Luis Castillo here. <laughs> And that right. would that would allow Cueto to go and do a long relief role, which then makes the Graveman saying irrelevant. So, Lu, uh, Luis Castillo, I I don't hate the idea of starting pitching. I think, I think that's a good idea. I just don't know if the Reds do that because I think they could probably get a better offer from somebody else. I mean, would it take all three? Maybe I don't know, but I think that's somebody we should go after full head, full steam ahead. Okay, not 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 the worst deal. So we'll we'll start with that Schwabi. What what's your deal? So you know, in in shocking to to the three of you, I'm or to the two two of you, I'm sure my deal is nowhere near as crazy as as Mush's. <laughs> um, I'm not taking the big swing. I'm going with a much more you know with with two with two smaller ones, right? So the Benesuza thing has has not worked. So I'm looking to get us a left-handed reliever. And then, you know, we hit lefties really well. What we don't hit really well is righties. So I'm looking to get us a left-handed bat as well. Uh, I'm looking to the Rangers, and I'm looking at Brad Miller okay, and Matt Moore. You know, I think if we can get those two guys, I think that's a smaller deal. I think both are – Brad Miller is on a, a one-year – I'm sorry, a two-year – 
Uh, two for ten, with this year being at six, next year being at four. And Moore is on, a, I believe, a one-year for two and a half. There's one year, two and a half left on his deal. So you're getting guys who are who are pretty cheap. Um, you know, Matt Moore is on expiring, and Brad Miller's got a, a four million dollar deal for next year. Um, who who they, are we get? Who are we giving up for that? This one we're giving up. You know, probably three dudes that none of us have heard of. You know, maybe we're giving up a, a Jason Belos or however in the world you say that last name. You know, maybe you're throwing a Stever out there, a Severino, you know, uh, a Wilbert Sanchez, who's a single A shortstop. You know, you're throwing out some of your lower guys. He's what about Tatis's brother? Ooh, dangle him out there. I don't think we're sending him. Elijah? But, Elijah? You know, the, the biggest issue we have right now is that while the Rangers haven't been great, they are just, you know, they're, they're like a game back on the Sox, game and a half. So they're at least theoretically still in the wild card race. Yeah, so I don't um, know if they're going to be dealing. There's, there's trade history point. there, though. We have to see where the, you know, if, it, right. if, they, if they separate in the standings. The the Sox and the Rangers have made, you know, plenty of deals. They made the Lynn deal. They made oh, uh, the Mazzara deal, right? So they, they've had good history. Um, and I think even though they're, you know, at least theoretically still in the race, I think they're a team that is still possibly looking to deal. Um, you know, these are lower, smaller tier deals, um, but I think it, it addresses, you know, the need for a left-handed bat, and it also gives you some bullpen help, which is which has been an issue of late, right? The bullpen needs some quality arms, not just arms, but quality arms, um, and a left-handed arm is, is certainly certainly in need, because right now, outside of Bummer, you really don't have much from uh, from the left side. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. When Matt Moore came in against the White Sox the other day, I was I was thinking to myself, is that the is that the same Matt Moore that was pitching for the Rays like eight years ago? I was completely blown away, and his his numbers are actually pretty good. He like has carved out this role as a middle reliever now. Right. Yeah, he's been pretty consistent his whole career. That, he's yeah, not a flashy was, guy. That was wild to me. I I think that's probably the most realistic deal. You give up some lower tier guys, which Rick. You don't feel guilty about giving up, and right. you, you try to fill you, you try to solve some of the problems that are, are that have been very obvious for the White Sox. So I'm gonna give you guys my time to cook. This one, th- this one might be more outrageous than Mush, if you could believe that. Oh boy! So, are you guys ready for this one? Yeah, go ahead, drop it. So I, I've been thinking about this a little bit, and I, I am. I love the core, but I, I think sometimes you got to take a step back. You got to reevaluate and say, is the core something that makes sense of what we have right now? So, are you selling? I'm not selling. I'm trading from the core to get better. All right. I'm trading Aloy, and I love Aloy, but the guy can't stay healthy and he can't field. Well, so and, he, and Aloy next- has some troubling. Uh- some troubling, like, advanced metrics where his ground ball percentage is crazy high. So I'm selling Aloy. I'm including Crochet, too. A la oh Nick Madrigal last year. And I'm including Ramos as a as a younger guy in the deal. Who in the world are we getting? I mean, I'm intrigued to see who we're getting for this package. We're going after Cattell Marte 
from the Diamondbacks to play second base. And we're getting... I wrote his name down. I wrote Jay. I, I didn't even know his name. Mantiply. He's a lefty. The guy's thrown like 25 innings this year. He's given up one run. So I'm getting a left-handed reliever. I'm getting Cattell Marte, who's, I think he's got five years left. He's on a very reasonable deal. He's so, an outfielder too, so he could play legit. I think he's there. a great point, uh, Mush. The, the guy, he's he couldn't be the more perfect fit for the White Sox. Everyday second baseman, and then if Tony, you know, Tony, let's throw Leary in for a second for a game. We could throw Cattell anywhere in the outfield. So he's Marte's a stone cold leadoff man too. With Timmy batting too, I like that a lot. I think Marte brings value outside of uh, Alloy. We're giving up a ton of power, but Marte could at least play some D for you. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? No, I love it. I've always been a big fan of Cattell Marte. He's a, he's a five tool player. He's a, he's a 30-30 guy, really. I, th- I think that deal deal makes some sense. I mean, I think who, who says uh, no to that deal? Do I'm going to say no, no, Lex. I think it's a horrible deal. I think we should. No, 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 no. I'm saying Diamondbacks or or Sox. If Aloy I think the Sox aren't going to give on... up. The, Sox aren't going to break up that core, man. I think they're worried about dealing one of those core guys and like deflating that that juju they have. Yeah, I think if anyone says no to that deal, it sucks, but I'm not sure they should. It's almost like one of those deals where you're like, ah, you hate to do it, but it makes a lot of sense, you know? And then the at the end, like, yeah, a couple years later, you're like, all right, that's probably something we should have done. All right, so I, you, I thought you guys were going to give me a hard no. I'm feeling a little better about that trade proposal. I like it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that. That's definitely. Uh, I think that makes some sense. We'll see if Rick's got some cojones on him to make some moves outside of the box. But all right, so we're moving on. Let's get pickled. Everyone's favorite segment, Schwab. What do you got for me? This is where we go around the horn. Everyone gets one random thing they want to talk about. I got mine stashed away. Schwabby, I'm starting with you. So of course I've I've now lost the numbers, but I was listening to the the radio broadcast yesterday with uh with DJ and Len, and little little known fact here for y'all, the nine hitter in the White Sox order now not that day's nine hitter or any particular day's nine hitter, but the nine hitter in the White Sox order has the highest uh like batting average on base OPS. It's like the nine hitter is an absolute killer for the White Sox, whoever it is. Um. You know, I I found that interesting, and it's one of those <laughs> things where, like, with the exception of like, I mean, I oh, I take it back. Danny, well, Dan, Danny's been playing; he's been batting nine for like the last week for some reason. Right, and and Danny was killing it when he was in the leadoff. Danny's was killing it at nine. Vaughn was killing it at nine, and he was killing it at two. Really, Lurie's the only guy who who kills it at nine and and sucks anywhere else in the lineup. But the nine hitter is an absolute animal. So Tony's got his uh his double leadoff man is 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 working well. <laughs> yeah, well that that's about the only thing that succeeded is the double leadoff man. I mean, does that uh, as a White Sox fan, you, you got to hear that stat and just be absolutely disgusted because it wasn't wasn't Vaughn hitting nine for like a week. It's yep. like dude, Vaughn's literally the best hitter on the team, and the guy was slotted in the nine spot for a week. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, it's been 
You know, I mean, again, like the the Vaughn thing was crazy. Danny at nine makes some sense. Lurie at nine is where he belongs, but like, you know, I don't know. Like, for whatever reason, we put guys in the nine hole, and whether they're they're good or bad, that seems to be a spot where we get guys thriving. And I don't, I, I don't get it. I think, I think if your nine hole has is that if that's like a top producing spot in your lineup, then you've done something wrong. Right, I mean, it's like right. common sense. Like, it, you you gotta have those guys be batting at the top of your lineup to get more at bat. I mean, it's simple math. We've talked about it. It's just I, I completely frustrated. So my let's get pickled. Dylan sees today against the Tigers. D- Dylan, I get a little worried. The last five games, I think it is like. I don't know how many times he's pitched more than five innings, but there's an element where he's just giving up a ton of unearned runs. And it's it's some of it's his fault, some of it's the fielders behind him. He's getting back into the um we were he's getting back into the you know, when when he was younger he'd waste a lot of pitches, a lot of non competitive pitches and it's just one of those things like Dylan, you have the best stuff. Just just challenge the hitter. But at the same time, today he went five, one one run, none none earned. And here's my let's get pickled. The guy, I think he's ten and zero against the Tigers now. The the guy literally is the Tiger killer. He's the Tiger King. They were I I saw all the comparisons online today, and it. What what is kind of the silver lining to me? He doesn't have his best stuff, and he's still mowing people down. I think he had eight Ks today, so I I think there's two things. He's he's ten and zero, the Tiger King, but also I think his last ten runs have all been unearned. That which is wild. That's insane. I don't know. What what do you guys feel about the, the Dylan Cease run of late? I mean, and Dylan's you know Dylan when they when the Sox acquired Dylan, Dylan was putting up crazy numbers in the minors. Uh, came up, struggled his first, you know, year or two, really. And then the last, you know, really year, two years, uh, he's been pretty good. This year he's, t- he's took another step. Um, the biggest issue with Dylan, I think, is that he's shown some problems against better teams. Yep. And then you worry yep. he's a little bit of a bump slayer, right? You know, he's, he's great when it's a team that we're going to win. He's great against the lower half of the AL Central. But it's like, okay, Dylan time for you to take that next step yeah like dylan you you go against the astros and dominate them please you know what i mean right. like going to yankee stadium didn't he i forget how he did in new york but i thought he like hung tough it's just one of those things i just want to see like seven shut out against the yankees you know what i mean just right. to give me give me some confidence Mush, what, you what, got, you got? what you got Mush? well i think you know as the weather's heating up the meat, are, meat of our order is stacking up nicely. It's coming together. It's, it's a nice collaboration on a bun. So I'm going to leave everybody with my top three sub sandwiches in the Chicagoland area. All right, perfect. What do you got? Coming in at number three, I'm going to go with Asti's Deli. Never, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's out in Bensonville, just, just next to O'Hare. Phenomenal sandwich. Best bread I've ever tasted. If they had better veggies, I think uh, I think it would be a little bit better. But uh, number two is going to be our very own favorite, Tony's Deli in Edison Park. 
a Northwest oh, yeah. Highway. It's been, uh, what, maybe 34 years we've been riding bikes there. Um, and then number one, I'm going to have to go with a nice local spot down on Taylor Street. Conte Conte oh, coming in at number one, one. stacks oh up nicely. God. Mush, I, I didn't know let's you let's keep the meat of our order coming together, boys. Let's keep it going. Mush, when, when have you gone there? I worked. Come on, man. What do we think? That, I that lived in the city for nine. I lived in the city for nine years. You think I've never heard of that place? My spot. That's where we. So for Bears tailgates, we used to get they 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 used to get the thick bread and the, the sandwiches were massive. They would be the six footers. It would be the best tailgate subs of all time. Con- Once you stop getting season tickets, that's when the Bears are going to win. So figure it out, like <laughs> Conti's the the very clear number one. There's no doubt about that. That I I like that. I, so you had Tony's at two. What was your three? Asti's Deli out in Bensonville, right next to O'Hare. Best bread ever. I think it's, uh, uh, I don't know what what kind of bread it is. Tefano's maybe? I'm not sure. Conti. I can't mush. I didn't know you were a Conti guy. So what what about in locally, or I guess now in Door County, where do you go for a nice Italian sub? Dave's Deli, man. Dave's Deli. Oh, that's your new deli that you're opening up. Well, it's the only way. I mean, the only way Mush gets a nice Italian sub. I can up. make a nice deli sandwich. Is it called? My Dave's father deli? taught me anything. You're not gonna call it Mush's deli. No, it sounds like it's soggy, soggy sandwiches, like <laughs> soggy. No, no, no bueno, senor. What's the name, Dave's? Yeah, I don't know. The fixer. The fixer. Fixer, fixer Junior subs. Anyways. That's that's my spiff today for uh I'm a big foodie, so we're just gonna keep the ball rolling that direction. All right. Well done. Well done, Mush. Um let's close it out, gentlemen. Last segment. Last week we didn't get to it. We ran out of time, but we're we're talking PMA. We're sticking positive. That's what we love to do. Very hard to do over these past four weeks when we've been talking White Sox. I came into tonight. I had. I'm not gonna lie. I was looking forward to tonight all day. Ton of energy. How sweet it is taking care of the Tigers like we are supposed to. We. I, I think I saw something. We're averaging eight runs over the last six or seven games. It's finally. It's coming together. I. I'll kick us off here. I think. Mush, you you mentioned it earlier. We got a huge six game stretch coming up. We got we got the Strohs in Houston. I hate that, but I love the fact that we're getting them right now because we're hot. And then we got Toronto at home, and I think we're gonna we're gonna give them some payback. Last year we took care of the Blue Jays pretty easily. I, I like our chances. I'm gonna say here we're gonna win four out of six in these next six. We're gonna I think we're gonna pick up a game. On the Twins. I'm not really worried about the Guardians. Guardians, I, I don't trust their offense. We're going to pick up a game in these next six, and then the boys are going on cruise control after that. So we, we got good things ahead. Gentlemen, what are you thinking? No, I mean, I think I think everything's going. It's starting to trend the right way for the Sox. Um, you know, you're, you're feeling good coming off the sweep of the, of the Tigers. Uh, and I think we have, you know, fairly good matchups for kind of the next – the next week, um, which is obviously 
we haven't ta- we haven't talked about it. What are the the, the pitching matchups coming up here? I think Geo is going next, right? Against uh, Geo, Geo has been it's like role reversal. Usually he's good late, bad early, and now it's like he can't get through the fit. So you've got Giolito versus Framber Valdez. Lefty. Cueto versus Verlander. Oh, don't like that one. And then you got Javier versus what is it currently uh not it's supposed to be Kopech? Not posted. Yeah, that. looks like Kopech is probably the guy. He's the Either one who's, uh, who's missing. Javier's been giving up about four or five runs his last half a dozen outings, so He's, He's on struggling. the downhill right now. So I like two out of three there. I, I like two out of three. What do we get? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's probably too hard to predict the J series. Especially well, J series, it's it's currently projected to be Lance Lynn versus Jose, Jose Barrios. Barrios has been getting bombed this year. Dylan Cease versus Kevin Gossman. Okay. That's, that's going to be a good matchup. And Geo versus Ross Stripling. Dude, I, that's not, I, none of those guys impress me. Four out of six. We miss Manoa, which is big. I like Manoa is a bad. I, I'm sold on the four out of six. I think it's a solid bet. We're gonna reconvene next week, and we're five games out now. I I think we're gonna be at least four, and and then from there, I I, I just don't. I, it, it comes down for me. I don't trust the Twins. I don't trust the Guardians. I think the White Sox were getting healthy. One thing that we haven't talked about, I, I talked about it a little bit in trade, is Aloy. Aloy hasn't played in like eight, eight nine days. I don't know what's going on down in AAA. That makes me a little nervous. But one thing we haven't talked about, and we're on the PMA segment, we got our boy Timmy. He's he's back. He's He's got, a, I think, three hits in a couple games. He'll be back next week. The if we're ever three kids in a couple years, <laughs> we're averaging yeah, three hits in a couple games. <laughs> we're averaging eight. Hey, there's no Timmy slander on this podcast. If we're averaging eight runs a game without Tim, we we have him coming back. We slide Danny in a second, and and we're rolling. So, gentlemen, we got good we we got good things ahead of us. We're gonna wrap it up for tonight. First podcast of the year, where we're. we're we're talking after a White Sox win. Don't stop now, boys. Don't stop now. Bring in the energy. I, it was a little easier talking tonight now that we got on a little roll after the Tiger sweep. I mean, that maybe that's because more so the Tigers and the White Sox, but I'm still feeling pretty good about it. We get to enjoy the day off tomorrow. We're going to be back next week. We're talking White Sox. Thanks for joining. We'll catch you guys later.